Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How Good is morrow. everything up there? Everything is very well. <laughs> I've decided to become sonorous. Sonorous. Good morning. Good morning. Got an email late Good yesterday. Day. Late yesterday, telling me that uh, lice is in our is in our classroom now, and that the classroom itself is being thoroughly cleaned as 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 we speak. Mm. So, you taking any precautions? Can you? I want to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how far to get into it. Let's just say uh, <laughs> lice is a thing. It can be a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can realize. Uh, I hear. Maybe I saw this on Reddit. Uh, that you can have lice in your home, uh, child, for for a while and and not even know it. Turns out. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. And again, I probably saw this on somewhere, probably on Hacker News, that uh, you can have the lice <laughs> on your head, child. Right. And uh, it doesn't cause itchiness, uh, turns out, provided they don't have uh, a reaction to the biting of the animals. Also, like, they're essentially, they're immune to the effects of You become the... a carrier. You're like, uh, you know, typhoid child. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's tricky. And there's a, the, problem with, the problem with the lice, I understand, Mm. is that uh, there's a lot of lore around how to deal with lice. And it's one of those things, I don't know, it's like getting an old car fixed. You talk to different people and you hear different things. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't know, I don't know much about it, so I probably shouldn't say. But uh, I feel like he has lice. <clears throat> In your gut? It's just a feeling. I don't have... Just I don't, a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, I can't, I can't put my finger on why... But I feel like he probably has it. I think yeah. maybe he's the one spreading it, it to the class. I don't have any reason to it's just just feeling. Huh. Like when you think, you know what? I know the weather said it's not going to rain, but I bet you it's going to rain, and later it rains. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, you have a kind of like a vermin clairvoyance. I asked. I said, "Does your head itch?" He said, "No, it doesn't itch." He was very angry about that. No, it doesn't itch. Well, if it's any consolation, only bad children get lice. Well, then I'm screwed. Okay, that's two, I guess. You got, you got your gut. You got the badness. Yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be problematic. I know. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, it's secondhand, because I wouldn't know anything about this personally. I get but it. there's a lot of lore. And, and you know, the thing is, um, here in San Francisco, this is probably true in other places, there are services, salons, if you like, where you can take your uh, lice child and they, they will professionally uh, delouse them. No chemicals involved? Uh, I hope there's chemicals involved. Jesus, they're lice. No, but you go in and it's, uh, you know, you, you, you pick a DVD to watch. And uh, then they, they spend a real long time combing. They comb your hair. At this place we went to, they comb your hair five different ways. Up, yeah. down, that's two. Left. Yeah, it's like a, they call it a D-pad. And, <laughs> and uh, you go yeah. all the different directions. And so you got you to find, uh, there's, you, got, you got eggs and you got adults. And the adults lay the eggs. And the way it goes, according to the lore, is that the adults, apparently, turns out, uh, lay the eggs. The eggs need a human host with the blood and whatnot. And then they make uh, new adults in the fullness of time. Hakuna Matata. A circle uh, of life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, in your, right in your own head. <laughs> your child's head is a nice place to live. A circle of lies. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, mama. Wow. 
Yeah, um, but what we did was we went to the salon, and boy, was it ever costly. Um, really expensive. Hey, I think the Showbot didn't uh, redo. Yeah, I noticed that. It, it thinks we're amplified. It thinks we're uh, reporters who like bondage. The tweet went out, uh, mm. which is, it seems like it's going to be one or the other, and I don't, I think I need to clear the cash. I, I'm not worried if you're not worried. No. Nah, um, and so, okay, so so the way we dealt with this, you know, it, it became in, a thing. In theory. In th- oh, yeah, sorry, in it. theory. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, uh, we got this virtual video game we like to play on the iPad called Guess Who's Got Lice. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, first you panic and you go, ah, and you go spend $500 at the delousing place and you get checked. And then, um, so ba- here's, here's, you know, then we, then we hired this very, very colorful Irish woman to come to our house to do the follow-up. And she's like, oh, did you go, did you go over to that place where they charge all the money to comb your hair? And we're like, yeah, we did. And she said, oh, yeah, and I bet they told you they get the shampoo and the conditioner. Yeah, they did. They suggested a whole basket full of stuff. She got to watch a DVD. Oh, that, that's, that's the way that they work. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of infighting in the lice community. But here's what it comes down to, and I believe this from the Irish lady. She's done this for a long time. I don't think she's licensed. But the way that it works is you got to go through with a goddamn comb and get good at finding lice in hair. And that's the way you get rid of it. Can I continue with the lore? Yeah. There's more lore. Because the lore that I always heard was... That if there is an instance of child lice, that basically the entire place has to be scrubbed clean. You have to bleach every surface. You basically have to do the equivalent of like fumigation. So like at, at my daughter's preschool, where it just seemed like it was happening, we, we dodged a bullet until this one time in the last few months. We, uh, we never got it, never had a problem, which is weird because it was always around, you know? It's not something people like to talk about, but it's something that happens. Like when I talk to other parents about it, they're like, oh yeah, we've, our kids have had it four times. Like it just happens wow. a lot. Now, does it, uh, not to interrupt or derail yes, you, but please, you there, first time louser. It does. Does the does the fact like when the kids get it, mm-hmm. it seems that all the kids get it in the classroom. Are the parents it's like, also? It's like, uh, it's like Minecraft. Right. Are the parents also getting it? Yes. Do the parents? They get the same one. It's a, it's a, it's a lice family on a human family. It's a lot like an ABC sitcom. Because I vividly remember Too many lice in the, in the maybe I'm going to say late seventies. I had it. You did. I totally did. At least once. I think it was twice, but I know for sure one time. And I remember, you know, back in the seventies, most of the chemicals that we had were industrial grade. You know, mm-hmm. like like hardcore, terrible chemicals that probably are still. In our systems from back then, it was like hydrogen peroxide and chlordane. Yeah, and uh, and I remember the smell of this stuff and how terrible it was—the shampoo and all this other stuff we had to do. Uh, but I know that my mom did not get it. I know that. I mean, I've talked to her about it. She did not get it. It was clean living. Is that? But that no. seems like now the kind of lice we have today, everyone gets. Let me give you some comfort here. First of all, if you're gonna get something. Lice is actually not that bad. I mean, it's not, it's not like getting freaking shingles or something. Like, oh, it's man. actually not, you know, or you get the impetigo or something like that. You're grip. saying that you kind of want to get it. Lumbago. It's a rite of passage. It's like, uh, it's like when the, the monkey holds you up over the cliff. Circle of lice. That's pretty good. It's real good. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Elton John. <clears throat> so, uh, if you're going to get something, it's not that bad to get, but, but, but like, here's where it gets, and I know you're going to love this. This is where it gets really disturbingly medieval, 
right? So like if you ever had a tick, you ever got a tick? I have gotten a tick. And you got a tick. And like, here's the thing with a tick. Like you could say a prayer, you could do a novena, you could light a candle. What you really need to do is pull out the tick. Like there's not any kind of a salve or an unguent that makes it go away. Turns out some people say you can put Vaseline on it and kind of like uh, smoke it out. But I think ultimately you got to get the tweezers like a gentleman and pull out your tick. Now, now with the lice, they're going to try and sell you a whole bunch of this stuff, which is good for making it easy to comb. But according to the Irish lady, it really is about sitting there with a comb and removing bugs from hair and then going back and seeing if there's more bugs in hair. Now, here's where it gets double medieval is that I talked about the lore. So have you heard that before? Like, you know, like, like I said, at my kid's school, like when that happens and it's a big breakout, you do stuff like you take everything fabric and you wash it really super hot and then you do some kind of sequestering. And the sequestering I heard about was you get contractor bags. You put every freaking stuffed animal in that thing mm. and you make it, you, you take all the air out, tie it up and leave it there for like two weeks. Wow. Mm-hmm. But now the other side of the lore, according, according to this, uh, this, this lady from the Emerald Isle, was that, uh, oh, that's not right. What you got? All you got to do is get it away from the kid for about a day. They have to, they have to be on something to stay alive. Heart, 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 heart. I'm allowed to do that. I'm kind of Irish. No, it's cool. Um, <laughs> well, you're not, you're not making fun of the Irish. You're accurately representing this woman's demeanor and manner of speaking. Beautiful pine furniture. <laughs> I said to her, I said to her, miss... Here to pick up the beautiful pine furniture. She said, Georgia, please. She's got the nose ring. Um, <laughs> uh, no, and, and I don't know if this is true. You need to check the lore on this. But I think that, uh, oh, the, and boy, I'll tell you, you know, can I just say, as somebody, as a child, I was a fan of stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Big time. I yeah. had a very emotional relationship with my stuffed animals. Me too. Oh, God, intense. And my kid really likes getting stuffed animals. Sometimes they sit there in obscurity for months, but she loves getting them. And you don't really realize how many stuffed animals you have until you have to buy a commensurate number of contractor bags to store them in. Mm. And you go through, and so, anyway, but I guess what I'm trying to say, this is super interesting. What, what I don't really know... Here's the thing. You do everything. You get the shampoo. You go to the service. You, you get the Irish lady. You do it all, right? You do all, all the best you can. You start checking every day. The thing is, you still just have to check back in a few days and see if there's uh, fewer eggs than before because you never know. Uh, basically, what I'm trying to say is you're going to hate this. Yeah. This is, this is going to be very – you have white carpeting and you have a beautiful, beautifully appointed home. It's going to be a real pain in the, in the lice for you. I, I, don't think. Think we, I don't think he's got it anymore after hearing all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's only bad kids. Do you see? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think we we don't need to get. You can tell. You can see them coming. You can see the lice kids. No, not really. A certain way. Now the other thing is uh, hair hair length can be an issue, and so as they probably as they probably told you in that electronic message, uh, everybody needs to start braiding if they have long hair. You need to like get that hair gathered up. Maybe wear some kind of a scarf or something. But the idea is you can't have hair flopping around. So, I mean, there is a correlation between, apparently, turns out, in the lore, there is a correlation between length of hair and likelihood of, uh, of uh, kid lice. Okay, so what, here's a serious question. Yes. What if you, I'm not, I wouldn't do this to my kids, but no. f- for me, mm-hmm. if I were to just do a buzz cut, is that, do I need to bother combing and all that nonsense? Is, can they oh, still yeah. live in the buzz cut? Well, yeah, I mean, it's like roaches and postage stamps, you know? What? I mean, it uh, doesn't no, no, take a on. lot. What? what? Mm-hmm. You never heard that in the lore about how long a family of roaches could, could live off the glue on one postage stamp? No, no. 
oh, you never heard about that, Dan? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have postage stamps at your house. Turns out. Uh, also, uh, the water, the water under your sink could serve all of the roaches that have ever lived, living or dead, and zombie roaches, <laughs> just literally from one drip. Come on. Mm-hmm. Also, grains. You know, even if they're ancient grains or gluten-free grains, anything you have in your house, that, that there's probably roaches already living on that. When you see, when you see uh, the droppings from one child, there's probably already a thousand in the walls. Wow. Yeah, they call them palmetto bugs. Yeah, no, I know those guys. That's a water bug. <laughs> oh my gosh, did I tell you about the... Ooh, I don't no, think I told me. you about this. Anyway, good luck. Oh yeah, well thank you. I have more tips if you want tips later on, maybe in the after dark. I think I will need to to take you up on that in the after dark for sure. It's chilling. It's 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 just super chilling, Dan. Yeah, so go ahead. Well, I I had uh, a couple of different experiences. Um recently, one of which I, I had meant to share with you, but also uh remember how I was telling you about the spider conjuring situation uh yeah it was somebody in your family was able to know without knowing why very high level of expertise as the dreyfus brothers would say without even knowing why knowing that there is a spider in the room right and let's be clear you don't hear a spider you don't see a spider you just know there's a spider yeah and that was your that was you that has that yeah that was me and what happened the the canonical spider sense the bad kind yeah, I, but I think that I actually wasn't just knowing that it was there. I think it's like I thought it. I thought that I would see one, and then later it, one responded to that and came. It was but, attracted to, to your awareness. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. So I've been I've been trying to debunk that, and if, I feel like if that was real, then it would happen with more consistency. So I'm I'm a little becoming a little skeptical of my own ability uh, because last night there was a relatively large spider. And uh, that was in the kitchen. And I remembered the, our conversation about it and how you were saying, oh, don't kill spiders. I never kill spiders. I always, you know, capture them and move them. Is there a threshold, a size threshold for you that determines if it's this size or smaller and not mm-hmm. a brown recluse and not a black widow, then I'll capture it. But if it's this size and bigger, I just want it. I want to end the situation for everyone as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I think it's just something in contemporary ethics we all have to think about. Uh, first of all, if you can hear footfall, if it's big enough that you can hear it walking, it's it's a contender. That's one, that's one you might have to deal with in a more aggressive way. Humane. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, also, it depends on, it depends on how polite it's being. <laughs> if it's able to do things like lick your postage stamps and, and enjoy your pipes, <laughs> right. but can clean up, if it looks at your comics but puts them back in the bag, you know, basically, if you've had a spider living there for six weeks and enjoying being in your home and you never realized it, you, I think you need to think twice about that. But, uh, but I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a arachnologist. Well, I, I killed this one. Oh, Dan. Yeah, the other thing is you might have a kind of uh, uh, a distorted Cassandra, Cadandra uh, complex where you're able to see the future but can't do anything about it. Maybe you know when some spiders are there but not all. You get what they call a false uh, spider negative sometimes. But you're, it sounds to me like your your concern is not that you have this gift, God bless you, but that the gift could be used against you. That well, basically I, you would your uh, psionic ability, you have a plus five spider sense, would mean that any role would, would cause a spider to be attracted. Yeah, to that's what head. my that's my worry is. But anyway, I so I but I was <sighs> kind of proud of myself because this was a pretty big one. I mean, it was really big. Show, show me with your fingers how big, like like this. You mean the space in between there. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. from like from one <laughs> top of one leg to the bottom of the bottom leg. So what? 
Jeez Louise. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know what happened to me, but usually when my reaction when I would see a spider is, I, I won't say panic because panic implies that like you might flee. And, and it's usually not that I want to run away, but just that I don't, like I can't have a clear thought, you know? And this time... Mm, get you real focused. Yeah. This time I was like, ooh. And I went right over to it like it, nothing and just gently, not even stomping, just gently put my foot right on top of it and, and ended its life. And I didn't enjoy killing it in the sense of I knew it was alive. And as a Buddhist, I don't like to kill things. Sure. But I didn't have any fear. There was no concern. It was simply the way you might react if you saw your child had uh, left her, her shoes by the door and you said, that's not where they go. You pick them up and you put them in the appropriate place. You're mindful. You're just, you're in the room with the spider yeah, or the shoes. It was yeah. great. But that's not what I wanted to tell you about. Mm. We had, you remember the palmetto bugs, right? Yeah, that's a code word. This, I saw one of these things. I had uh, gone to a, a meetup. And so I was off my schedule. I was out way later than I like to be. And I got home, so it was already late. And Court, I don't just go to bed. We've talked about this. You get to wind down, look at some blue light for a while. And then, so it was late. You know, for me, it was late. And, uh, and so I go up, now I'm really tired. I go upstairs, go into the thing. And we've got this terrible arched sort of ceiling, like uh, in, in the bathroom, in the master. And there is this huge, very easily the biggest roach, palmetto bug, what have you that I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's up high enough that it's unreachable. You, I couldn't slam, I couldn't grab something and slam it, couldn't hit it with a shoe. And it, this thing was huge, huge. Mm. And it's like, Flor- like Florida style. Bigger. Yeah. This is bigger, Texas. Like South American. Yeah. No offense. And, and it, and it, it like what I, the one thing I noticed about it, cause it was sort of standing there and it was kind of facing up, like looking, I don't want to say looking, but pointing towards the ceiling. And when I came in, it, a lot, I respect an insect that when it knows there's someone else there, they kind of hunkers down. You want it to hunker down out of respect for you. Yeah. It's, it's just the deferential thing to do. Right. Like if you're, you know, if the boss comes in, what do you do? Heads down, right? Like you're working. The, the boss is going to be a little bit more forgiving if they notice you're hitting your Microsoft Word window to cover up your Minesweeper. That's right. In this case, you want, you're just saying, let's, let me have a little dignity here. Yeah. This thing, it moved out on its, like it stood, even though it was on the wall, it stood taller and it began to arch, kind of arch its head back oh, like this, as if to say, I'm, I'm, I'm as big as you, you know, I'm not, I think that, I think that that roach was stepping to you, Dan. That's exactly what I'm saying. He's, he's, he's saying, he's saying in however way a roach would say that, come at me, bro. Yes. No. Yes, exactly. So Mm. at this point now, everyone's sleeping in the house and I have to get, I can't go to bed. I'm not going to go to bed with this thing right there in the room. No, Mm -mm. you can't, you can't. So. I had this, to. This, this ends here. Yeah. Yes. It's that's right. So I went. I go downstairs and I get a broom, and I go up. And now it's moved even higher to a part where I now know that even at full extension, because it was over. We have a one of those ridiculous 
uh, tubs that's like an eight to 10 person bathtub that you could never possibly all fill with hot water. You know the kind I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's on the far side of this. So now I ha- have to reach over. But oh, I so think- it's working to a disadvantage. You've got, you've got an indentation. You're inside of this slippery surface and you have a broom that never in a million years could get this frat could boy reach bug it. off. Right. Oh my God. So I think, okay, this is good though, because when it falls, mm-hmm. it will fall into the tub. So now, I, that'll give you an advantage. It's kind of like its own little personal thunderdome. You got plenty of time yeah. before it could get to a means of egress. Right. And even though they can walk on the walls, there's going to be some slippage going yeah. up the side. Okay. So I get, I get the broom and I had also grabbed one of my kids, uh, books. You know how they have these big, thick, like, what do they call those books that are, that are like just for kids to read the, the board books. Talk about a board book. Board book. Your kids can chew on them. The board book. Board book. So I'm, I said, okay, I'm going to do oh, it. Oh, do you remember what the book was? Uh, I think it was big things, big things. I'll have to, hold on. I'll, I'll look this up. Cause this is a, I would just for what it's worth, I would suggest having uh, a copy of good night moon in there just in case, you know, I'll buy you a copy. Yeah. So my, it okay, like no, 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 here it is. It's, it, yeah. it was my big truck book. Oh, that's good. That's that, that, that's a good road smash. I'll put this in uh show notes. Show notes can be okay. found at uh five by five dot TV slash B as in brothers, two is in the number, W as in walrus, slash one nine, I've got one nine six here, is that right? One nine six. One nine six. So. I, I can't wait to hear how this turns out, Dan. Well. I'm on the edge of my seat. So I've got the, my big truck book in one hand, and then I've got the broom in the other hand, and I say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. If I sort of throw the broom at the same time that I'm sort of swinging, almost throwing it, I know I'm going to lose the broom as a weapon at this point, but the bristles are long enough that they could sweep if I throw it so that it kind of hits it on a downward angle mm-hmm. that it will uh, it will get it and sweep it down and if I'm very lucky it will sweep it right into the tub can slam it with the book it seems like the most obvious route it's a kind of uh, housekeeping uh, smart bomb yeah there's no way he's going to get you there's no way he's prepared for that no and, way and you probably practice this a lot you're probably prepared. really good at not hitting yourself with a broom he was prepared for it because as i started uh-huh. to get closer with the broom he starts going in sort of s- circles and figure eight type symbols on just on the wall called an evasive maneuver and it just i wasn't even close to him i was still mm. six feet from him because uh, I had to work up the courage, you know. It's still part of the mental game, though. And so then I say, fine, you know, I'm just going to do this. And I so I launch the broom at him, and it and it it sweeps him down, and he goes down, but he doesn't go into the tub. He's on the like this, you know, where the woman would put her candles and her little, you know, whatever little book yeah, or whatever. Yeah, candle spot. Yeah, yeah. It's on that now, and it's go. But then this is uh, he made the mistake of going over the edge of into the. Uh, tub and so he went and sorted slid ran down in and then i that finally was what he was in there but i was so sort of in the you know excitement of the moment that i didn't have all my wits and i said you know like i i my gut reaction was just to kind of do the thing and just get out of the room so i had to fight that slam the book on him and uh and and put an end to him nobody woke up uh, but needless to say, I was up for another two hours. Did you clean the tub? Yeah, I cleaned the tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I use is I use eight to ten uh, uh, paddles to <laughs> between keep between me and the and the, the roach. Mm-hmm. And then you hold it at arm's length while you're putting it into the into the trash. 
which can't be in the same room. You can't be in that room. You got to go downstairs, put it in that trash. But uh, the next day I had to go and do, we have this, there's this great thing. There's like these sites that are like do-it-yourself pest control. Have you ever heard of these? Yeah. You can get. You get boric acid and stuff. Yeah. Like the commercial grade, uh, like uh, chemicals that, that, that the professional pest people will use. You can get them. And so there's, I had to use this stuff that I already had that's like this paste. I will put it on, on everything, everything three feet and higher. It's covered with this stuff. So we haven't seen one since. Mm. I'm glad, I'm glad it turned out okay. I mean, but you know, being from Florida, uh, I, I suspect both of our natural inclination is to wonder how many more, how many more, that was an explorer party, right? Yes. You got, you got the one Tuscan Raider they sent out. Ugh. And now how, how many more are waiting, you know? It's like maybe, the Imperial probe droid, and now all we can do is evacuate the entire base. That's right. You're living on Hoth. Yep. Oh, my goodness. I don't have the same... Um, I hate to say this. I don't have the same respectful feelings about roaches that I do for spiders. No, I figured not. No, I mean, I'm not an animal. Smart. But, well, you're sweet to say that. I, I really, I, I like spiders a lot. They feel like good luck to me. I don't I know if everybody but I don't me know likes the war. But also they, you know, I understand, turns out that spiders eat a lot of other nuisance uh, home pests. I think they might eat mosquitoes. Maybe I'm thinking of cats. Do spiders eat cats? You know, that's what my wife said after I told her I killed it. She's what like, oh, they're good. What, what, what do you, what do you A little sausage. Mm. Okay. What she said. Um, mm. The, uh, no. No, you're going to, hold on. There. They're a little different. They're a little different. No, I just uh, hemi, to... hemi semi uh, demi tone apart. Do it yourself. Pest control. The original. We used uh, to do uh, boric acid. Boric acid. Does it do doesn't. Anything? Well, when it does, it's super satisfying. If you're real mad about roaches and you start finding some roaches who ate the boric acid, it's pretty fun. It's pretty grisly. You ever you ever, you ever found a boric uh, acid roach? Well, no. Yeah. Not that. They, I know. Uh, they, they eat the boric acid for some reason, and then that expands, and their uh, their roach stomach explodes. And you see it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you put the boric acid like into your carpet and massage it in, or do you just ideally put a- you hold the roach into it and you grab them? <laughs> you say this is this is you. You eat you eat here now. Right. This is it. Yeah. And make your family watch while they're weeping. <laughs> like, can you just put it in a little in a little saucer or something? You can do anything. Um, <laughs> they. <laughs> As long as you don't care if it works. Right, right. But no, I mean, the thing I think I read in Family Circle magazine in about 1980 was that oh, you wow. sprinkle a little boric acid into a, um, like a soda bottle lid. Like you buy a lid of weed, you get a, you get a lid of uh, boric acid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, how, how you like that? You got to smoke yourself out. You can wake and bake. Johnny Roachington. Um, <clears throat> did you want to tell me about anything that you like? I would love to tell you about a couple things that, uh, that I like. One of them is... Uh, you have glasses on again, don't you? Yes. Well, our first sponsor... I, I need them, Dan. I need, I, I need them. I know it. Our first sponsor is Warby Parker. These guys, uh, I've been wearing Warby Parker glasses way, way, way before they were even sponsoring podcasts, let alone sponsoring our podcasts. Uh, these things are just, they're, they're great. And my problem was always that I couldn't find frames that I liked, frames that were you know, strong enough, but also looked like a, like a decent, uh, you know, had a style to them. And when I say strong enough, I've got two kids and they're better about it now, but like, they're always, uh, you know, trying to grab the glasses. I don't know why they do that. 
Uh, but, you know, like I wanted glasses that looked really good, but that I wasn't going to have to spend a fortune on because my prescription is one of these wonky prescriptions, astigmatism that's on a rotation and all this other stuff. And I was researching, I forget where I had originally read the article, but I had read an article about like getting glasses online and Warby Parker was brand new at this time. This was years ago. And I just, I ordered a couple pairs from these other companies, which essentially are like, they're getting frames from China or somewhere and they're really crappy. And so I was really hesitant to try Warby the first time, uh, but you know, their deal sounded really good. Like it, it, the prescription glasses start at 95 bucks. And I thought, all right, this, this will be, I will, I will try it out. Now my prescription is they have to do it on like a high index lens, which means a certain kind of plastic. Well, Warby Parker can do that. They charge a little more for, for the weird prescription, but most of the people that I know that have Warby's, they just get the, the regular $95 pair. And this comes with uh, like you get um, polycarbonate prescription lenses, uh, you get anti-reflective, anti-glare, which you just have to have. And they're fantastic. They have so many styles. I have three or four different pairs of Warby Parker glasses right now that I have like a main pair. I have a pair that I use like for working at the computer with a different prescription. I've got a pair of sunglasses that are awesome. And they just, their frames are really, really great. And the frames are so well made, you can pick different styles of them. Anyway, uh, the way that they do this is they have a home try-on program. So you order five pairs of glasses. They're shipped to you for free. They don't have your prescription in them, but you get to try on the different frames and see how they'll look because it takes all the concern out of ordering things that you can't try on and can't look at. So you get the five frames, you put them on. Uh, somebody here in, in, in our office has done this like three times and they found the pair that they wanted uh, and the, but they don't care. They'll send you out as many times as you want to do it. Try them on. You keep them for a week. You send them back. It's all free. And then, uh, then when you're done, uh, you put in your order if you want. And it's, it, it's the best service ever. I love these guys. I'm so glad that they sponsor because I've been wearing Warby Parker's exclusively for years. So this is, uh, this is what's really cool. Um, it, you can, uh, this, they, they will include, uh, if you get one of these gift cards that they have, they'll include a bonus book. It's called Good Luck Omens for the Modern Era from their very own Warby Parker Press. And you can give that out as, as a new. gift. I haven't heard about that, Dan. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. You just have to order it before December 19th at midnight. Is it a, is it a board book? It's not a board book. Okay. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, 95 bucks, standard <laughs> prescription frames or sunglasses. Uh, you, you, you've got so many choices there. You go to warbyparker.com slash Dan. And if you do that, you will get three-day shipping for free on your order. Uh, home trines are already free, but warbyparker.com slash Dan will get you that special deal. And it'll also support the show. Thank you very much to warbyparker.com for, uh, for making the show with Merlin Man possible. Warby Parker. You know, Warby Parker. We're the, the, right the, now. the thing about glasses, you don't, you don't invite me into these anymore. And then you say things like anyway when I say something. But here, here, here's the thing. Anyway. Mm, please continue. The thing is that uh, glasses are a funny thing. It's like it's like a beard or a hat, like a funny hat, where you go like, oh, I would look good in a funny hat. And then you put it on, you're like, wow, not only do I not look good in this funny hat, like, right. I just shouldn't get funny hats. I look, I, look, I look like a demented child in this. And I think it's like that with glasses. I think, it's, I think you need to put them on your face in your home and see what they look like. And the thing is, when you get where they give you five. Oh, to try right? on? Yeah, you get five. Eat your sausage. I, I got I'm just, I'm, I'm starving here. Is it a Land Jaeger? What are you eating? No, it's, um, I'll put it in the show notes. 
Okay, thanks. I want to talk about that. Um, so anyway, I'm just saying this is a great service. It, guys, it is so great. And you know, even if you've got... See, here's the thing. Here's what I do. The, 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 the real host of the show uh, tells you the, the main thing, and then I tell you the other thing. Here's the other thing. is like you want sunglasses, right? If you're in a place with sun, like where Dan lives, you're going to want sunglasses. And if you've got all screwed up eyes like Dan has, you're going to want some sunglasses that have a prescription in them. This is a huge thing. My wife just broke her prescription glasses, sunglasses, and she's hating life because she's a sunglasses person. And, uh, and the thing is, you're not going to know what they look like until you put them on. You might look like a murderer. You might look like the bad guy on an old episode of Mission Impossible. And you don't want that unless that's what you want. And if it is, these glasses will prove that. That's all I'm saying. High index lenses. <clears throat> I discovered something I'm not happy about. What's that? You hear this? You can tell from listening to that, that's uh, I don't want to say the name brand, but it's a popular brand of beef jerky that I just buy because, mm-hmm. you know, you get it, it's like five ninety nine. you get this thing of beef jerky and you eat it. And I say to myself, oh, okay, this is good. I'm, you know, I'm not like Johnny Paleo anymore, but like, this is good. If I need a fast protein heavy snack, I'll have some of this disgusting beef jerky. And then you know what? You know what? I've been doing that for weeks. Yeah. Weeks, maybe months at yeah. this point. You know, time goes quicker. Well, it's got gluten. Um, well, it's not even the gluten. The first ingredient is beef. The second ingredient is water. Dan Benjamin, do you know what the third ingredient is? Sugar. Oh. I've been sitting there like an animal, woofing <laughs> these things down with the mute on, and it's got sugar in it. That's not helping me. I don't know why. I, you see, that's the kind of thing I should have figured out. I used to, I used to uh, have a lady friend in college who was a vegetarian. Nice. And it's really hard to be a vegetarian, like especially if you're trying to eat fast food in the South. Mm. It's like, you know, where everywhere you go, you go to like, go to like a famous recipe. Or a Popeyes, God bless it. You go in there and you're like, uh, uh, what kind of vegetables do you have? Well, we got we got corn, we got green beans, we got biscuits, and like every single one of them has some kind of animal product in it. Well, the green beans got got a big chunk of ham in it. The the, the corn has a, a kind of a pork reduction, you know. And that's how I feel now. That's me. <laughs> that's me with sugar. Sh- sugar to beat us. Sugar to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a crowd is there a crowd crowd site where you could you know what never mind never mind I no what terrible, is it i'm excited no no it's you have to cut it out if i say it no what say if you it. could split it what if you could split a pair of shoes with somebody else who had diabetes you know what i'm saying it's a site where you could be mad oh. you know what that's not no no that's you know what it, mm. yeah no Wilf, wilford brimley you know he's in uh the thing <laughs> he's what in did the you thing. call him <laughs> He's in the thing. He is He's been in on the Seinfeld. Thing. He was in the thing. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that wrong, Dan? What's the name of the John Carpenter movie I like? The one I'm always talking yeah, about. Yeah, the thing with the dog. That's the one that Wilf- Wilford Brimley's in. It's got the dog. It's got Kurt Russell before Tango and Cash. Before Overboard. <sighs> Sugar to beat us. How many Goldie Hawn movies have you seen in the theater? Be honest. Um, I think just Private Benjamin. I saw Private Benjamin in the theater. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I think I've seen probably three Goldie Hawn movies in a theater. Which ones? I don't know. It was a different time. Well, it's hard to also, it's hard to know. I think I saw that Terrible Woman uh, movie. Oh, the Terrible Woman movie. I saw a great Halloween costume of that. Boy, do you remember at the time how crazy those special effects seemed? Yeah, that was like, oh my gosh, she's got a hole right in the middle of her body. How? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Not his best role. You should be listening to the Flophouse. It's a really good program. I, it is number one on my queue of new shows. Yeah. Have we talked about where to start? No, I, you mentioned it, but I, I, didn't well, st- I haven't started. You know, the best way, one, one of the many great ways to provoke John Syracuse is to suggest someone start with a specific episode of the Flophouse instead of going back to the beginning. The, the, you know, the, the canonical way to listen to the Flophouse is to go all the way back. 
I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm like the, the podcast uh, fan at Avignon. I, I think you should start somewhere else. I, I would say uh, Bullet to the Head is a really good one. Another great one, once you listen to a couple, is Mirrors. It's a very important episode. If you want one that's very, very recent, but is also the genesis of some great Flophouse uh, running bits, uh, Jonah Hex is a great one. And no, you don't have to see the movie. I've seen maybe four of the movies they've ever talked about. Like I've seen episode two, which they talked about. Boy, great episode. They go hammer and tongs on episode two. It's good. Anyway, podcasts are fun. Wish NPR would get into podcasts. I know. If someone would just come into this industry yeah. with some, you know, some some creative content, I think we we would be better off. We just yeah. need an external person to come in and step in and, and make that happen. I'm hoping. The problem is the content yeah. and the audience yeah. and the medium. Yeah. Once they get the content uh, and the host, once they get, let's be honest, once they get the content, the medium, uh, the uh, the uh, the hosts Guests. and the audience right, people will listen to podcasts. Yeah. Until then, you know, you're just throwing uh, good podcasts after bad. Then we need to find a way to let people listen in their cars. Listen in their cars. To, to podcasts, you're Yes, say. to podcasts, not just, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you, were, you had something when I cut you off with beef jerky. I've got one item of follow-up and one topic you wanted to talk about, and apart from that, I'm wide open. Right. What, what, what else did you have? Uh, I had a couple other topics that, that were kind of floating around in actually relating to the, the whole recent podcast renaissance that we're experiencing, but not in the way you think. All right. No, we don't. I mean, it's your show. We don't have to talk about, you know, no, it's talk not about my whatever. show, Dan. I just, I just, I'm so. But see, this is, you, I, there, yeah, I have a different everyone angle. Everyone has become insufferable, Dan. I have I a just, different angle. I have to get off the internet. Um, my God, I think I need a break. Okay. So, um, all right, let me I'll do, do it. I can do another sponsor. We get like 10. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have one bit of really good news follow up that, that isn't about, things people are mad about. No, of course, everything's, everybody's mad about everything. I yeah. can't help that. But, um, you know, my spirit is broken, Dan. What did you want to talk about? By what? What is it broken by? What's your follow-up? Insufferability. My, my follow-up is, um, um, I discovered this, uh, I, at first I was struggling to remember who told me about this, but then I realized, turns out, I discovered this uh, via a Google search yesterday. Um, you know that, uh, that Apple Health thing you got on your phone that doesn't do anything? Health kit, yeah. That's right. And it just doesn't do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It's real weird. And the one thing I had been hoping for uh, when it was announced and when it came out was that you'd be able to feed in information you know, from all the different services. And a couple services I use do that. The Wything Scale can hook up with it. Strava Run will hook up with that. But the, 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 real, the one I really wanted, the one I depend on and use the most is Fitbit. And Fitbit said, nay, not interested, not going to do it. We're going to do, do our own thing over here. Oh, yeah. And we were all sad about that. Well, somebody has hacked together this thing. I think it was 99 cents on the App Store called Sync Solver. And uh, on the face of it, it could not be any simpler. You open up Sync Solver, um, put in your creds for Fitbit, and it just uh, takes your Fitbit information and jams it into the stupid health app that you don't need. So it's great. I solved that problem. I'm very excited about it. Oh, and that's good for me because that's where my, uh, that's the step data that I pay attention to. But more importantly, that is the sleep information that I pay attention to. Right. So now that that's jammed into the uh, the go nowhere health dingus. <laughs> I still don't really understand what it's for. No, no one knows. I don't. I it's don't. Fox Pro, man. <laughs> I, I don't want to get email about this. But my God, I, you know, somebody had a good analogy for this. 
I don't think it was appropriate, but it was a great analogy. And somebody said, well, you know, Marilyn's problem is, because that's everybody everybody on the internet talks like that now, was uh, my problem was that I didn't understand that, what did he say? It's not a restaurant, it's a kitchen or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's a really good analogy. Like, you know, yeah, I do want the restaurant, but I'm also wondering why more people aren't using the kitchen to make something interesting, right? That it's basically that thing, that that thing is, and forgive my lack of knowledge about anything, but that that thing is basically the face of stuff that an API is doing. Yeah. It's not doing that much stuff on its own. But um, anyhow, uh, I, I, I'm sure, no. I hope that it, it gets more interesting and starts providing more insight. It's the insight that, that interests me. You know what I mean? Like I said a million episodes ago when we were whining about this, what I'm looking for with the health app or similar is something that... You know, so so what's the, the basic value of something like a health app in iOS is there's already been tons of stuff I can do this with. There's been lots of apps and dinguses, dingai, that that do health stuff. The the not maybe not the promise, but the interesting thing to me about the health app was that it would not only collect all that stuff in one place, you know, one, and then two, do interesting things with it, but three, that it would capitalize on the fact that it's on my phone yeah. to do lots of interesting number crunching stuff to tell me stuff that would be good to know. So maybe that'll still happen, or maybe that API will another enable other apps to do it. But, uh, you know, part B, eh, you know, whatever, health kit, yay. Um, I'm sure it'll be interesting later. But part A, hey, it works with Fitbit now, and it's pretty cool. It's really janky and kind of weird, but you basically launch this app, it runs in the background, and... I don't think you can even change when it does this, but every day at, I think, 12 p.m., <laughs> it goes and grabs all your Fitbit data and jams it into the, uh, the health dingus. So it's pulling it from the Fitbit website then or the app? Where I have to imagine yeah. that this is, it's basically, <laughs> I imagine it's a scraper. Don't you think? Something like that. Or do you give it like your username and password and it, it yeah. logs in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all, all it is is a, it's, it is a screen, probably an image, I don't know, it's a screen that the first time you run it, you say start syncing, and it runs and runs and runs, takes a while, and then I guess it does deltas after that. But uh, if you go in any time, like I went in this morning after I put in my Fitbit, I saw the sleep data was in and everything, I was like, oh, I want to go get this jammed into the useless health app. And I went and I said start syncing, it said, got the little pop-up that says, it'll do this automatically at 12 p.m. So (laughs) it just runs, does its thing. So we'll see what happens, but um, you know, that was I was bummed to hear that. I guess I get why Fitbit might not want to do that. You know, when you're making stuff like that, I imagine you want your own platform. It's sort of like any of the stories about Twitter, Facebook, any of those. Like they want they want to be very permissive in um, like letting people use their stuff, but they want to be the platform mm-hmm. for. I'm not putting this well. No, no, but you, you, know are, I mean? you are exactly. Um, but like with Twitter for a long time, I, I, I would argue that without the API and the ability to do stuff with apps, Twitter would not be Twitter today. It, it would not have gotten popular enough with the people who, who made Twitter stay relevant during its difficult times without those apps. Um, but you know, now obviously once you get to where you want, you got the user base, you start locking stuff down. Right, because now increasingly you want to be able to control the experience and the ads and stuff like that. But anyway, good news for people who use Fitbits, and I think it's it's agnostic. I suspect it's agnostic of the device that you use, since I, I since I double suspect that it's just scraping stuff from the site. I guess there's an I and mean, there is an API for Fitbit, so that it's probably just utilizing that. But I'm, I have to imagine the Fitbit folks aren't loving that. You know, the, I, I have a feeling not participating in HealthKit or the Health app was a, you know, a, a statement. Yeah, they had to, they had to be saying that we already have a platform for this and this is the platform that we want you to use. But at the same time, if they, 
I'm sure, like you're saying, I'm sure that, that Fitbit does have an API. So if, if they do, because I'm actually just found it, uh, dev.fitbit.com. It says the Fitbit API allows developers to interact with Fitbit data in their own applications, products, and services. I just don't think that they were anticipating that somebody would make something that used their API and just shoved the data into HealthKit. Yeah. Um, you would think that, you know, that Apple probably offered or wanted to do that to begin with. I mean, wouldn't they? I would think they would unless unless oh, yeah. it's Apple who's saying no. Because- oh, no, no. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. Um, you know, I mean, Apple saying that we have we have the Apple Watch coming out. That's going to handle all this stuff. We don't. We almost don't want you to use the Fitbit. We want you to use the Apple Watch for all of this. I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, this is a totally inappropriate example, but think back to what it meant to have a, a desktop Mac in the late '80s, early '90s, like through that period, yeah. where you know, I would conjecture that a lot of the success and even just the small amount of adoption Apple got was from making something really, really great that you, was difficult to do on another kind of computer. Yeah. But then also being very permissive about things like, like, for example, would the Mac have been as successful as quickly if it had a proprietary uh, floppy drive system? Well, maybe, but instead they said, hey, you know, what the heck? You can just use any old floppy disk on here. That'll be fine. Right, stuff like uh, the kinds of cables where they they found a way to like make a Mac be able to connect to stuff that was never intended to connect to a Mac. Yeah, through things like the serial um, port and Apple Talk and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it just feels like at first they were very permissive about you know, and then eventually dealing with stuff like you know file name extensions and all this stuff where instead of trying to lock you in, they're saying, hey, you're we're welcome here in our big tent. Now, of course, all the stuff you do on your Mac, I can't promise you can do something with that on another computer. But we want to we make it a really easy incline for you to get started on a Mac. And if you've got a bunch of stuff that's uh, you know, dot .doc documents, no problem. Like, we're fine handling that or, or whatever. Um, I mean, it always seems like that's been a big part of their strategy is having a big tent for people who want to um, move over to what they're doing. Uh, and so, you know, I, I doubt they would ever, I doubt they would nix Fitbit from that. The only one I notice that is a brand name, and I could be wrong here, but like there's a, actually there's a separate section in health just for the Nike band. And you can get various kinds of generic information from different sources, but I think that's the only one where it has its own section. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't have it in front of me, but like, for example, you could have a section called, you know, there's the information about you, like how tall are you? There's other ones called like body measurements, like weight and stuff like that. There's all these generic things that have to do with activity, glucose level levels, whatever that is. I think Nike is the only one that gets an area for Nike-specific band stuff. I guess there's stuff maybe that the Nike band does that other stuff doesn't do. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I, it, it feels half-baked. You know, it'll, it'll, it might get great, but it's, it's weird. There's so much half-baked, you know? Well, if, we're, if, we're at the dawn of a new portable, wearable thing now. It's the beginning. Well, the problem is it feels like we're at the dawn of about a dozen things. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't see that much daylight coming on too many of them. Anyway. Um, so that's cool. Sync Solver. I think I put, yeah, that's in notes. I think it's 99 cents. And so far it works. Well, that's good. That's all that counts. I mean, in, there's, it seems unlikely that Fitbit would shut down their API to prevent this kind of thing. Or or lock out their account the way that Twitter kind of said, oh, you've got too many authentications coming over your, you know, through your your app. We're not giving you anymore. Remember that whole deal? 
Um, you mean like with Twitter? Yeah, with Twitter. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that Fitbit would would do that because at this point, you know, it's like the whole argument that uh, that they've made for years that Nintendo should be bringing Mario and all of their other great franchises over to the iPad or to iOS or even to Android somewhere to something besides their own hardware. But they, of course, they haven't. They don't want to do Can't that. Imagine playing those games on a phone. No, neither can I. And I think that's they're smart in some ways to not do it. But this is the same thing that it, that I would if I was the Fitbit folks, I would say I want every single human alive to wear a Fitbit. How do we get them there? Well, let's let's let make it as easy as possible for them to get the data that's here, which is what they're really after into as many devices, platforms, computers as possible. And we've got this really great API that you can use. And you know what? A new platform came out. You know what? We're going we're gonna to get a developer to go and build a conduit for that. And that, that seems like the thing. It's like whenever I hear people talking, I was in a, un, unrelated directly, but, but it's an interesting comparison. It's something that's been on my mind a lot is like with the whole podcasting uh thing where you've got all of these different services. There are people who are like, oh, I, I hate Stitcher and I, I don't like this one, this other. Stitcher always, for some reason, people don't like it. Some people say that about SoundCloud, I hear. SoundCloud too, okay. Some people and, think it's incredibly hostile toward listeners. Well, he, my philosophy is, uh, I believe that the, you know, if, if you're it, with the promise and, or I should say the condition of having uh, the content itself be unchanged and uninterrupted. In other words, if we sit here and we record a show, at the end of the show, uh, we release that and the show's integrity remains, whether it's the content that we talked about, the words we used, the flow of it, the, the ads that we have in it. If all that is untouched, the more places that I can get that show, mm-hmm. the better. I don't care if it's on SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Deezer or whatever these things are. I want it on all of them. I want it everywhere. I want it on the seat back of somebody's airplane. I want them to be able to listen to it on Spotify and Uber, like every single place that it could possibly be, because that's more people who could listen to the shows. And, and that means we've got a better, bigger, more engaged, more awesome audience. I look at it like that. Like, why wouldn't? And the fact is, we get paid uh, to, to do the shows by our sponsors. So if the sponsors are staying in there and that means our audience is growing and we're getting metrics from these other places and Spotify, the rumor or the, the thing is that there's going to be a podcast thing in Spotify. If Spotify can provide me demographics and say, oh, back to work, episode 196 was listened to 5,000 times on Spotify last month. Well, that's that means that we've got a show that has 5,000 more listeners maybe than it had before. Why wouldn't I want that? You know, mm-hmm. I think this thing is, is, is great. And for me, it's like, I, I relate this back to Fitbit saying they're going to, what's going to help them sell more of these things? You know, this thing that you put on your wrist, how can they sell more of them? Well, let people get at that data, make it a platform that really is a platform that you can get to that data in as many easy ways as possible on every platform in the world. You know what? Maybe my Roku needs to get it, you know, like make a Roku app that can talk to Fitbit that can show it up on my screen for my whole family. That's a neat idea. I mm-hmm. would do, you know, like that's how to build a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I mostly agree. Um, well, you know, and the thing with Fitbit is, I don't know, I get a little whiff of resource constraint from them. Um, 
I mean, you know, one thing is, I mean, certainly one part of the market is they, they could become more like the Samsung of, of these devices, probably produce them very inexpensively, much cheaper than a watch, than an, than an Apple watch, for example. But like, do you use Fitbit right now? Yeah, I had, I had one, but I just stopped wearing it. Right. Well, if you go, the thing is, if you go to the website, it's interesting. Like, if you go to the website and log in, the homepage, once you're logged in of their dashboard, they call it, is, uh, is really pretty and very uh, web two point something, and it's all you know. There's lots of animation and stuff bopping around and blipping around. But then if you click on anything, like to go look at actual sleep data, to go look at actual step data, you fall down a flight of stairs into this old version of their site, where the dashboard has been done, but the other parts of the site do not reflect that same aesthetic or uh, design language. Sort of, mm-hmm. it's it's a different website. They made it. They made a cool homepage for the dashboard, but the rest of the site does not reflect that. Which you know, I'm I, I'm not don't mean to criticize that, but it seems to me that like if they were trying to provide, if they wanted to provide the best experience, like the whole site would be that awesome. You know, I get stuff where like uh, even though I've enabled it, like the flash graphs won't work in Chrome for right. some reason. It's the only site I I think it's the only site I regularly go to where even though I've enabled everything, it still doesn't work right, and I have to go to Safari. Um, it's kind of odd, but anyway, it's uh you know. I don't know. I know. I guess you can always argue or wonder about what it is that that, that makes something valuable. You know what I mean? Like, right. is it is it this actual device? Is it the API? Is it that reporting service? You know, um, or are all of those things together that are bigger than the sum, right? It certainly can be. And I mean, Gruber and I joked about this at length on um, that episode of the talk show talking about Xfinity, where to me, I'm, I'm a dummy, right? I'm just a Comcast subscriber. To me, Xfinity is a bill I grudgingly pay every month for a coaxial cable to bring things in, into and out of my house. Right. And I'm paying for a pipe. And calling it Xfinity does not make me like want to build it a doghouse. Like it's still, it's just, okay, call it whatever you want. Like if it works, that's great. If it doesn't work as well, that's not great. I wish it were as fast as it uh, could be, as we've seen from other countries, how fast we could have. But fine, call it that. But I like I don't sit around going like, oh my god, I'm super. I'm going to go buy an Xfinity shirt. Like that's it's it's a service that does this thing, and they want to make that sexy, which is understandable. And some people, as we said, have been more successful at that than others. Taking a commodity in the case of something like storage, where Dropbox, my god, they feels like they practically invented this idea of taking commodity. I mean, do you remember a few years ago, like, if you wanted to go out and find a place to put stuff online, setting aside syncing, like, it wasn't very sexy. Libsyn has tried very hard to sexy up what they do yeah. by adding all these services that mostly just get in my way. Um, Dropbox is the, one of the very few that I think has done that really well. And, you know, but, you know, it's, I guess it depends on, what, like I say, it depends on what you're trying to sell. I, I guess on, to Fitbit, I know, what do you think? I mean... I, I, we're getting way off topic here. I, I'm not interested in the Apple Watch as it has been introduced. I think that in five years, that will be something very interesting to have when it's a lot smaller, when it can work on its own. I mean, to me, there's like four or five significant things mitigating against my interest in the Apple Watch, all of which will be addressed. And, and I'm sure I'll be on board. But I think, I think when we look at the Apple Watch as it's presented now, look at the way they're sketching out the way the apps are going to work, it really feels like that big, heavy, first-generation iPod where you go, wow, this is a lot better than these other ones, but uh, wow, I, I bet it's going to get even better. You know? So I'm happy with the Fitbit uh, for now. And if it, if it breaks or I, get, I need to spend 99 bucks on another one, I'm, I think I'm much more likely to do that. than. Yeah. That's just my feeling on that. Do you use other bands? Do you do do, do you use any band stuff at all? Because I'm kind of interested in looking around. No, the only I've seen there's that other one that looks like um, 
almost more like a traditional bracelet. It's why do I keep saying jawbone? It's not jawbone, is it? That makes another one. Um, I forget the I forget what the other one is, but uh, no, the one that I came to after, especially after talking to you about it in the one episode where you were talking about the sleep and everything else, uh, that I feel like the Fitbit is kind of king in this space. And again, I know that, you know, we're not, this is not like a, like a tech show to talk about Apple, but the things that Apple, that have come out uh, about the SDK from, uh, from the the release of the SDK for the Apple watch on, I guess it was Tuesday. uh, You know, we're, we're seeing now that the Apple watch, at least as it stands for this first release it is very solidly first generation in its functionality yes and it, it <laughs> like is like really if that works really really well that will be a solid 1.0 but very much a 1.0 yeah very much a 1.0 and i think uh, john gruber compared it to 2007 with the iphone of you know mm-hmm. this is this is the brand new dawn of something and we don't really know exactly what it's going to be but one thing that uh, that is clear and one thing that people uh, complained a lot about the Android watches at the Moto X, is that the name of it, that, that I talked to Andy and Oh, yeah, I saw about. Andy using that. It's yeah. pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's, people were saying, oh, it doesn't do anything by itself. It needs to have an Android device. It's just an extension for the, the Android phone or device that you have. Well, in many ways, not completely, but in, in many ways, uh, the, the, that is what the first initial salvo for the apple watches as well the ipod uh, the ipod and the iphone i totally agree with you i mean the iphone obviously had phone functionality and internet connectivity but I, ipod and iphone i said again i said this on gruber show I, iphone really became ios became a special thing for me when you didn't have to use your mac at all anymore right but in the, both of those instances you still to do anything you had to you had to sit there on iTunes and do stuff, right? I mean, there was very yeah. little over the air stuff that you could do of any consequence. Oh, and the chat room is saying, uh, "Thank you." It's the Moto three sixty. That's the watch. The Moto X is the phone. Thank you. It's a pretty it's a pretty neat watch. Yeah, I, I found it was really cool. It's not it's not for me, but I, I actually hung out with Andy a little bit when he was testing that out, and uh, it looked he was making good use of it, and the battery seemed to be like it was. <laughs> I think it was over twenty four hours of battery life, which is a pretty big deal with a watch. No, that's that's. That's crazy. And I just, I think, you know, the, the value of it for me isn't, isn't there. I'm not excited in any way about the Apple watch. I want to be, um, but I'm just like, I'm not that excited about it because I have yet to see, like when, when we saw the iPhone, all of us were like, oh my God, this is going to really change this stuff that I do and how I do it and where I do it. And it has absolutely delivered on that promise. You know, the fact that the computer that I use most is my is my iPhone 5S. That is the computer that I use the most. And I think of it as mm-hmm. a little tiny computer. It's Me too. 100%. I can make calls with it, but I can do that with my other computer too. It's, it's a little computer that I've always wanted. And it, I just, I, I would, if, if I had to make a choice between giving up my desktop machine today, get desktop machine or my iPhone, I would find a way to give up my desktop machine as sad as that is. Like I live and breathe with this, with this iPhone. I don't think that the Apple watch is going to be that for anybody. I don't think it's supposed to be that, but I don't feel like I need an extension of my phone. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, well, I, and I want to, I want to clarify, cause I mean, there's so much stuff about Apple that makes me just want to put a stick in their eye, but I, I want to be clear about the, my, my feeling about the Apple watch, like you care is I'm, I'm being super clear. I, I hope about, well, thank you. Thank you, Dan. I want to be super clear about what, what I'm saying here, which is I'm saying that based on what I've seen, 
you know, just in terms of my own opinion, like this is not for me. I don't, but I don't think it's supposed to be for me. It is for a lot of people. The same way that the first iPhone, God, you hold the first iPhone, hold, you know, think about what a, what a first generation iPhone on the earliest iPhone software did versus I'm going to say a 3G. Like to me, 3G feels like when it went, when you went, wow. Yeah. Now this is a thing that could do some stuff. And I don't know about the specs or any of that, but I can just say, like, holding those in your hand, seeing what they can do, you go, okay, this thing is really starting to go somewhere now. I just want to be super clear. I mean, if they decide to, as they say, put a lot of wood behind this arrow and really make the Apple Watch into a great thing, and, you know, they're able to incrementally increase things like the power and the battery life, I think the battery life is a giant concern um, for a first-generation thing like that. You know, I, I have no doubt in my mind, I'll be, I'll be buying, you know, every other generation of that the same way as I get a new phone. You know, but I just like right now, I don't know. It also, it doesn't, it doesn't help that it's happening at the same time that I'm having a little crisis of confidence with so many little things about Apple right now. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, it, you know, it's just like, it's like any of this stuff. It's like the people who bought an iPod. Um, you know, I, I had a creative jukebox that I honestly, honestly, I think it weighed at least three pounds. It was the size of a CD, a portable CD uh, player. Did you ever have one of these? It was a creative jukebox. I forget what it was called. Try, I had a bunch I, of those I know little... The one you're talking about. I had, a, I had two or three different Diamond Rio players. Yeah, I had one of those. I had two of those. Like, I had a couple of ones of that silver one. iTunes supported these things on the Mac with no drivers. And I was, I was using Windows primarily as my work mm-hmm. uh, machine at that time. I think you could put like six, almost seven songs on a Diamond Rio. And I... Well, you could put in, you could put in a little SIM chip and... Uh, you? Uh, not a, what do you call it? You know, but like yeah, the little, flash memory, yeah. you, could, you could get it up to like 64 megs. Oh my gosh. And so back then, I mean, to, back then, oh my gosh, ripping at uh, you know, 128K was the, I don't want to say it's the high bar because I'm sure there've always been lossless people with Q files and stuff like right, that. Yeah. But 128 was like, that's, 128K is fine for an MP, MP3. And, uh, and you could fit, I don't know, you could fit a few albums on there, not a lot, <clears throat> but it was portable. I mean, that thing weighed nothing. It, you know, it, it, it was the size of like, what, it was a little bigger than like a thing of Tic Tacs and it weighed, what, two or three ounces. But, but the creative jukebox I had, <clears throat> which had two gigs of storage on it, I want you to get your head around two gigs of storage yeah. in like 1999, 2000. It was pretty costly uh, and, and it had the interface that I think was part of the interface that got acquired by Apple for the iPod, oh, or at least they end up paying licensing for. It was easy enough to use. You could browse by artist or album. Real ugly, but real heavy. But it was nowhere near as expensive as that iPod that came out. You know, the iPod was pre- pretty expensive when it came out, if I'm remembering right. No, it was. <clears throat> How much was the first iPod? I'm looking that up right now. I mean, it was not, and I remember it was, you know, they had this thing, a thousand, you know, songs. Um, yeah. Original iPod. Three ninety nine. Three ninety. I think it was. 10 gig model in 2002 for 499. Hmm. It's not as expensive as I remember. But I you mean, know what? anyway, that's, but look, 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 look at where it was in four years after that. 2001 you know? money. <clears throat> that's true. That's true. Dan, did you want to tell me about something else that you liked? I would tell you about a company called Linda, L Y N D A dot com. They work Gelinda. with Linda. Linda. You can instantly stream thousands of courses created by experts on business, software, web development, graphic design, all of this stuff. And uh, I've been using Linda for years and years since since Linda was just a, a lady named Linda. 
and uh, just starting this thing out. And I've learned so <laughs> I used to use her website when they were books. That's right. <laughs> I loved her books. Oh, uh, man. I mean, and they've been in this space of creating really, really awesome content, but it has matured so much. So what you can do now is you can search through transcripts of uh, of all of these uh, courses that they have. You can create playlists of stuff. So if you're like, oh, you know what? You want to learn how to edit a podcast in uh, in Logic? Start with this course that's actually in GarageBand. And then once you've learned that, go to this one. But skip this one and jump into this one because this is more related. And you know what? Just watch this one part. You can create these playlists and like share them with people. It's so cool. And a lot of these courses will give you – like you'll get certificates of course completion, which you can uh, which you can actually like use and say, I know what I'm doing because industry experts are creating these. The quality is awesome. And the way that it works is you get – uh, complete access to their entire library of stuff for 25 bucks a month. So it's not like you can only, well, I'm going to go and buy this one course. No, everything. And they break it up into beginner, intermediate, advanced. They go into specific topics. So if you just want to learn how to like, I want to learn how to do video transitions in Final Cut Pro, like there's a course for that. And it's just the way that they've got it set up is amazing. 100,000 video tutorials and, uh, and it's just, it's just a great service that, that I've been using for years and still use. They have a special, uh, URL. It's Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work. And if you use that URL, they've extended, uh, the initial offer. It used to be a week. We got them to extend it to 10 days now. So you have three more days to use the service for free. Imagine what you could learn in 10 days, uh, with a hundred thousand courses out there to, uh, to choose from. You've, you've been, you were talking about them, uh, you remember the days when they were books. Oh man, I poured over the David Siegel books when it came to actually doing stuff with web design and especially with graphics in the Linda case. I mean, I would just pour over those books. They they were on my desk. They had to be on my desk. Those are, those are really good books, way ahead of their time. Yeah. So anyway, go check it out. Linda, L-Y-N-D-A, lynda.com slash back to work. And then we'll get 10 days free to uh, to go and learn some stuff. Really great service. Go check them out. Thanks very much to Linda for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Man. John Syracuse. <clears throat> My sinuses are very, very dry. You know what you need to do? Mm, uh, neti pot. Neti pot. Neti pot. Neti. Neti pot. Clean neti pot. water. Sounds like a Dickens character. Poor neti pot. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, you know, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I've got two two topics for you. One I told you about, and the other one, it seems like you don't want to do. No, I, it seems like I don't want to do lots of things. Can I also say that I, I finally, I waited a month, I put 811 on my uh, phone, and uh, it feels, I don't know, I, it's maybe something, some Disney magic happened, but it feels a little uh, peppier now. I haven't done it on my iPad yet. I'm screwed on the iPad. I got to get a new iPad. Because, I mean, an iPad mini that I've got, it's basically an iPad 2, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's... I don't know what I have to do to get that thing feeling What's good wrong again. With it? This is slow. Oh, it's just dog slow. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the um, doing anything in the browser. There's still this clipboard thing. I I used to think I was the only person that had this. It's apparent I'm not the only person who has this weird clipboard problem that I have not been able to track down. I know John Circus had it for a while. 
Um, and I, at first I thought it was stuff like one password persistence that it might have been custom keyboards. John doesn't have any of that. John doesn't have custom keyboards. He still had it. Anyway, but I had this basic thing where like, the well, here's the, you know, the use case or the radar, I guess, is I go into Safari. I click in the location bar. I copy the URL. I hop over to another app like say Twitter, <laughs> hit paste, yeah. and a password gets <laughs> pasted really? in. Or um, something that I put on Tumblr two days ago, uh, a paragraph of information gets dumped in. Um, but no, for some reason, it, w- it, it just gets, very, it seems to be most often with Safari, but there'll be stuff where in certain apps, it just keeps thinking that that's the clipboard, uh, something from uh, hours or days earlier. So now I have this weird hack where I use the, uh, what's that app called? Clip or yeah, Clips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, uh, so now I copy something. I drag down from the top of the page to go to the dash or to the, whatever the stupid dingus is called. What's the, what's the drop down thing? Uh, notification oh, center notification or whatever. notification center, right. I go to the extension there. I hit the plus button to paste it <laughs> into Clips, which seems yeah. to do some kind of a reset. I click on the Clips uh, disclosure arrow, go in, and then copy what I just pasted into there, and it seems to work. <laughs> That's terrible. So I, fi- I fixed my passport. <laughs> <laughs> and if I don't do that, uh, I will, and I get, get a real good workflow going, uh, I will suddenly uh, paste a password into uh, Twitter because that just happens sometimes. <laughs> what would you get if you, could, if you could get any iPad right now? What would you get? Oh, I don't know. I'm really, I, I'm so torn. I, I need to probably spend some time at the store. But the thing is, I love my iPad mini. I, I should have kept seven on there because it was fine. Um, I, I'm a real weird edge case right now because all of my equipment is so old. There's there are very few. First of all, that means that updates tend to be a little logy. Mm-hmm. But just as importantly, the whole reason for applying those updates are for what? For things like handoff, uh, for things like you know in, any of the new stuff. Uh, so much of the new stuff that is the new stuff of updating to Yosemite. Uh, Yosemite, right? Yeah. Is that the current one? Yeah, the current uh, one. It yeah. just it just won't work with any of my devices. My MacBook Air is too old. You know, my um my Mac Pro obviously is really really old. Uh, I got a I got a 5S for my phone. I've got an iPad Mini first generation non Retina for my iPad. So you know, I'm living very comfortably in like two years ago, uh. and at least. So there's no you know, and so I've really tried to weigh like. Are there any benefits to upgrading all of those? I mean, the one that worries me, obviously, is security. But uh, no, but there's not that much stuff I can do. Oh, and even even with stuff like the handoff or whatever, like I, I think that's mostly with Apple apps, right? It's like, yeah. if, you, if you start this thing in Pages, you can you'll use it on your computer. Yeah. Like, and I don't use Pages. So. Right. Other apps, though, I think will support it, but they have to specifically write that feature into it. Well, if a frog had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. <laughs> He's got, the, he's got the head in one hand right. and the sandwich in the other. Bill Parker, that mother scratcher. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a good movie. It's such a good movie. It has not aged quite as well as you might think, but it's still pretty good. Raising Arizona is still... That's your whole goddamn Raising Detra. When he's wearing jammies, it's got Yodas and stuff on it. A good, that's a good movie. And like I, a chair, I, she got a dinette set. You got no chairs, you got dick. Ask my wife, she got more sense. I, I agree. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I agree that it, that, it, that it doesn't hold up quite as well, but I think it still holds up very well. And, uh, you know, like um, I'm walking in here on my knees. 
You know, <laughs> it was a rocky place where my seed could find no purchase. It's so good. It's oh, so it's good. so good. There, here's the thing, Dan. For the young people, wouldn't you say that one of the things that we most try to do is help young people? That's what the show is about, helping the youngsters, yeah. 100%. And so here's the thing. There's a lot of people today, people who are fans of the Flophouse, who are, who are familiar with the work of Nicolas Cage. If you know Nicolas Cage and you're wondering why Nicolas Cage is still appearing anywhere, apart from the fact he's still paying off his castle, like here's the thing about Nicolas Cage. There are two movies that will change the way you think about Nicolas Cage. Those two movies are Raising Arizona mm. and Valley Girl. Neither of them is a perfect movie. They're both very 80s in their moviness. But when you see Nicholas, I know he's in Fast Times for just a little while, but if you see Nicolas Cage in Valley Girl in that incredibly dated movie, he's adorable. Hmm. He's so cute. He's the young punk rock guy in Valley Girl. Valley Girl, the world's greatest unreleased soundtrack, too. What a fantastic soundtrack. That never, I don't think they ever got the licensing to put it out. It was the first movie that I know of that used Melt With You by Modern English. It has three different songs from uh, the Plimsolls, including A Million Miles Away. Johnny, Are You Queer? It's got so many great songs in it. Nicolas Cage. And then, 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 and then you see him. My God, Dan, let's talk about Raising Arizona for just a minute here. Please. What do you got? What are we talking about? You got Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you got Nicolas Cage. You got Holly Hunter. You got Holly Hunter, who is just one of my all-time At the top of her game. Favorites. Yep. You got John Goodman. Again, for me, this was, you know, John Goodman at the time, this was, he was still like new. He was on Roseanne, right? Yeah, he was, I think he was on Roseanne and Roseanne was a big show. And you've got him, you know, screaming, bursting out of the mud, grabbing the guy by his hair. It's just. That's uh, William Forsythe. Yeah. He usually plays. He's Dale. Is that his name in the movie? Yeah. He's, he's real dim and has kind of a high voice, but William Forsythe is always like the bad guy heavy in 90s movies. Right. And he's like the dim-witted of Mice and Men friend in this. Uh, you got you, on a, got, you, got, got you on a pretty short leash, don't you, H.I.? Doctor says there's something wrong with my semen. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, the entire movie is quotable. It is. The whole thing. What son, a great got a, movie. Son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> you know, Co- the Coen brothers as a whole, I think this was this was obviously what really put them on the map. And for oh, me, yeah. I just remember seeing this movie as a kid. Oh my God. And just being blown I would rent away. it and watch the first, I would watch the pre-credits thing. That thing is crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely a work of it's art. It's the best. It, it's it, the, the editing and everything. And so what was it? Was Blood Simple their first big one? Blood Simple. For me, this is this is where I became more. Well, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that, yeah, Blood Simple is. Uh, it's it's interesting. There's this. There's a great spate of like '80s thrillers. Like I'm thinking of Blood Simple. I'm thinking of. Um, anyway, it, it's pretty dated. Like when you watch it, like it's 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 good. And I didn't they do like a recently do like a re-edit of it or something. Of, I've watched it again. Of Blood Simple or of Raising Arizona? Blood Simple. I don't know. Anyway, back to the topic here, which is that Raising Arizona, it's not as gut-bustingly perfect and hilarious as I remember it being when I was in, like, a junior in college. Yeah. But, man, it's, it's, it's so funny. And, like, and like when they go over to, uh, who's the guy from the Tracy Ullman show? His boss? When they go oh, over to his house? Yeah. <laughs> or do the kids go over to his house and they're drawing on the walls? Right. I, every time I'm around misbehaving kids, I think of that scene. Oh, and Francis McDormand. Wait, who is that? Did you get him his dip tat? You got to get oh, him his dip tat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> honey, honey, did we get him his dip tat? That's so good. And you know what? The, you don't breastfeed him, he'll hate you for life. <laughs> there are so many relatable things, though, as a, as a parent. Oh, that, God, yes. That, you know, when I was a, a kid watching this thing, 
uh, that you just don't really get. And then, like, you get it now and you watch it now. And it's the film has lost some of its presence, if you will. It's, I mean, it's very, it's farcical. Yeah, it, it, it is. A, it is a farce. But, but, but to your point, though, like stuff that I merely found very funny when I was twenty one, I now go, oh, like yes. he's got to go, yes, and like deal with his boss and yes. their family. And he takes out that shoe box. He opens the lid and he takes out those ugly like white shoes to put yeah, on to go yep. be fancy. Yep. And then he has to go walk and take that walk with them. Not mere swingers, man. So good. <laughs> Keep your damn hands off my wife. Yeah. Anyway, we can recommend a movie called uh, uh, Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. Unpainted Arizona. Who else is Every time oh! I go by one, every single time I go by a store that sells that kind of wood, like I hear that commercial in my head. Unpainted Arizona. And it's oh it's so accurate. There are still things that, that are just so accurate. Ah, And who's, is it... What's his name? The guy, is it a boxer? John, John Matuzak? Is that his name? Raising? Who's the guy who plays the, uh, what's uh, the bounty hunter guy? Oh, Tex Cobb. Tex, Randall Tex Cobb? Randall is that right? Tex Cobb. Randall Tex Cobb. And apparently, like, he did the movie and then he never, he never wanted to be in another movie again or something oh, weird like that. so good in that. This Terrifying so, in that. Same so tattoo. So Cone Brothers y. Same tattoo. Same tattoo. Oh, right. With the, the Roadrunner, yep. the little thrush. Yep. Uh, thrush thing, mufflers. Yeah. Thrush mufflers. <laughs> you know how bad I wanted thrush mufflers when I was in high school? You could get the thrush or you can get the cherry bombs, right? It had to be thrush. What kind of car would you be putting that on? Just out of curiosity. A Javelin. A 19... <laughs> wait, a, wait, no, Javelin. That's, an AMC Javelin. I know this. I know this. That's It's not Starsky and Hutch. Javelin was... was that Not Mannix. Who had a Javelin? Uh, I Somebody think, cool had a Javelin. Well, everybody cool had a Javelin. Yes, yes. Um, Dan, we're up, to, um, we're, up, we're up to an hour 17. Did you have something else you want to tell me about that you like? Uh, yes, I do. Let me grab one of them. Ah, one. this one. This is, this is a new... Grace! Grace? This is a great sponsor. I'm very excited to have here on this show. It's, it's, a, it's one that you may have heard of before. Uh, it's Audible. 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 Can you hear it? I do You can hear, hear it. it. It must be Audible. Hundred and fifty. Just have to run with that. Hundred and fifty. That's actually pretty good. Pretty good. Hundred and fifty thousand titles to choose from here. And how does this work? You you uh, you you listen to a book that is being read to you. It may be read to you by the author themselves. It may be read to you by a famous person. It may simply be read just by somebody who has a, an amazing voice. All of the above, perhaps. You download one of these books. It is now your book. And you listen to this book the way that you choose. You can download it, listen to it on your iOS device, Android, Kindle Fire, Windows Phone. Over 500 MP3 players are supported. The apps for it for the iPhone, iPad, Android, Windows Phone, all free. And again, over 150,000. And unlike a streaming or a rental service, with Audible, you own your books. And you can get to your library anywhere you want, from your smartphone, wherever, and uh, they have really cool things like chapter navigation, annotated bookmarks. There's a sleep mode. You can control the speed of the narration. You got 30-second rewind. So, so much stuff. It's really awesome. And they've got a special offer uh, going on right now. Um, you remember the uh, classic uh, Samuel uh, Jackson narrated the uh, the go, uh, oh, go yes, the F yes, to yes. sleep, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they, they now have another one. 
called uh, You Have to Effing Eat. So uh, that's a new one that's out. You can get that. Basically, uh, all of these, these books, if you sign up, you get this. Everybody will get this for free from the 12th of November to the 26th of November. Uh, that's a special URL, which I'll put in, into the show notes. But there's no trial offer attached to this. You can just go, and if you're a new customer or an existing customer, you can get it. But here's a special thing that, that they're doing uh, for us. 30-day free uh, trial membership. And you can download a book, and you keep that book. That's, uh, as Andy says, that is truly your book uh, to keep. That is a free book to you, whether or not you, you stick around. But you have to go to the special URL, which is audiblepodcast.com. So they have a special audiblepodcast.com slash back to work. Go there. You will get a free book that is yours to keep, whether or not you uh, you stick around. But I suggest you stick around. The book, by the way, they like it when we do a recommendation. The one that I've got most recently uh, is this really cool book that everybody except me apparently has has read already, The Martian by Andy Ware. Uh, really, really awesome. This is the kind of thing, it's 10 hours and 53 minutes. And it's awesome if you're doing like a road trip or you know you've got a couple flights and you're going to be stuck traveling all day or you want to listen to it. Guess what? You could listen to this an hour a day and uh, and, and you've got like almost a whole week worth of really great. And it's it, this kind of book, you're going to get into this. So check that. That's uh, a, a I got book. one. I'll give one. Yeah, I would love to hear you. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I didn't know to be prepared, but I went and checked and they've got the book I'm reading right now. Finally, is Ancillary Justice by Ann Leckie. And they've got that on the Audible and I just added it to notes. 13 hours and 47 minutes. Ancillary Justice. I see it right here. I can't believe I spelled Ancillary correctly. First try. I, I still haven't spelled Millennial right ever. Too many L's. Anyway, go Ugh. check them out. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash back to work. I'm putting that one into your show notes there. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Thank you, Easter Bunny. Bark, bark. All right. Is that, uh, is, that the, uh, is that the end of the line? No. You got another 10,000 sponsors? Yes. Oh, my god. But goodness. I have a topic. I want to get to the topic. A topic, Dan. And I've Dan, got it's... email feedback. we got 81 minutes here. I, don't, I know you like to keep them under four hours. I don't care. All so right. uh, let me ask you this. If you were... Hold on. So if you were going to get... A new iPad, which one would you get? That's a very good Have question. Have you picked up and held one of the new Airs? Uh, I don't think so. You've got to go. You've got to go. I know they don't Does, have any Apple. It doesn't Apple, feel uh, too big. Apple doesn't have much of a presence in, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But if you can find one, it absolutely does not feel too big. It's everything that's great about the, the older iPad Air with... It, it feels incredibly light. I actually have got to tell you, I don't know why you would get an iPad mini anymore. Just I, a little. I know, but honestly, I would, if you want that, like I, I thought, it, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this because I'm, uh, I, I just can't believe I'm about to say it. I actually think that the iPhone 6 Plus would be better, get that instead of a mini now because they're so close in size now. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, you're going to take both around with you. Just get the and, and, and go for an iPad. The iPad Air, the new iPad Air is the iPad Air 2. Yeah. So good. It sounds pretty neat. I mean, the, the, the boost in power. I don't, I don't really want to spend that kind of money, but I, I hear you. I have a flavor of the Serenity Caldwell problem where uh, you're holding up a, an iPad and reading something and, like, it's really easy for it to fall on your face if you're not paying attention. I'll do that <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But, <clears throat> and so, I mean, I really, I love how teeny tiny it is. 
But yeah, I mean, Would if you I get, get the, some... Do you get the cellular one too, or do you just get the Wi-Fi? Well, I mean, if somebody wants to send me one, give me the most tricked out one they got. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean, I guess nowadays it pays to have the cellular. Or I think it could do without. No, I mean, if, if, I, if somebody gave me like the most tricked out iPad Air, I would be extremely happy. Yeah. It's just, it is partly a question of like, there's a lot of things that I need to upgrade. I need to upgrade this this desktop machine. Like there's all these different things. And, you know, it's enticing because people go out and spend lots of money on on these wonderful devices. But I, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I guess it would be hard to decide. I don't have a Retina iPad right now. So any improvement there would be nice. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Now, now, did you buy one? No. It sounds like you're gonna. No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I mean, I, I can't, I cannot justify it because my iPad Air is just fine. Um, That's last, last year's? Yeah, the one that came out last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like, yeah, but I mean, the new one, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's such an Apple, classic Apple thing where like, you know, if you buy the top of the line model, like, you know, if you get that iPad Air 2, is that what it's called? Yep. I mean, it's just got so much power. No, it does. And and getting the getting a 128 gig. I mean, my God, I would I would love to have that. Because um, I do use mine a lot, but I, I think part of it, you know, it's impossible to say until I was actually in the trenches using it. But I like the tininess of mine. Like I do not notice it being in my backpack. <clears throat> I notice my MacBook Air being in my backpack. I I, I think I more notice when I've got like. Uh, a bag, like a, like a carry around bag with like a leather man in it. I noticed that a lot more than having an iPad mini. It's so light, but you know, and also, you know, if I get into the whole retina thing, I'm going to become one of those people who's like, I can't imagine ever going back. And it's really nice to not be at that point. But like I say, listen, if somebody wants, and my, I got a birthday coming up this week. If somebody wants to buy me the most tricked out iPad air, like I would happily review it here on the show. Also, I'll get it. I'll get it for you. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> um, it's an exciting time. The iPad has been a much... It's weird. On the one hand, like it seems like, like you know, it's, there was so much promise in the world of the iPad when it came out, once we all got past the name. And it just seems like people kind of lost interest in it as a thing. Like there, were, there was like the hobbyists who love iPads, but like it hasn't really like gone through the roof in terms of sales, has it? It I mean, not, not anywhere near the iPhone. No, nowhere near that. That's so interesting. And it's it, apparently it's been you know kind of fluctuating uh, up up and down and not you know not selling the way that maybe people thought or predicted it would. I'll tell you. I mean, I don't usually leave the house. Um, I've had to be in public a lot lately, and I and I notice you notice like what people use. It just seems like a vast majority of people not only don't have iPhones, like I remember a few years ago, but have very specifically a giant-ass Samsung. So many people have big Samsung phones that are practically, I guess, I guess they, some of them are, I guess, qualify as phablets. But like, I just can't believe how many people have Samsung devices that they're using all the time. Do you get that? Yeah. I used to feel like in San Francisco in particular, like everybody had an iPhone. You see, you see on planes, you see a lot of iPhones and fancy guy, uh, circles you still see a lot of iPhones, but like out, like walking around in public, like there are so many Samsung devices. It's it's amazing. There really are. There really, really are. And of course, we have the iPhone to thank for that too, don't we? I mean, if you think about it, uh, the way that I don't know, I can eyeball on a Samsung device. I mean, it says Samsung on it. It's not like one of those uh, you know Shumai devices that looks exactly like. Is that what it's called? Pork Shumai. It looks exactly <laughs> like a uh, an iPhone. Yeah. Xiao Ming is that the is that the the baseball player? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. The basketball. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of end zones. He scores, mm-hmm. but I think that that 
you know, when you it, it I don't feel today that the whether you have a Samsung uh, or an Apple phone, that it says as much about you as it did a couple of years ago. Totally. You know what I'm saying? That I do. That Android has come such a long way. Uh, and those devices in, in many cases, uh, have things that, that are just as good, maybe a little better, maybe not as good. They're very different, but it, it no longer makes a statement that I have a Samsung device. I'm this kind of person or this kind of family or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's a perfectly acceptable decision for people. And in many cases it comes down to like a price thing, uh, you know, or an ecosystem thing, uh, I think, you know, but I, I think what what I don't see as much, and I see this a lot when I'm traveling, is what device does the person bring out to use while they're on the plane and what are they doing with it? And c- the observation that I've made consistently is they will have a Microsoft Surface tablet and they will be working on a PowerPoint. More, I see that more than I see Windows laptops now. Uh, or they will be on a uh, they they will be using an, an iPad of one kind or another, and they will be playing games or watching movies. And I see this consistently. That doesn't you feel like there's it, patterns though to the kind of usage that goes yeah, with the kind of device. Yeah, yeah, in a very in a way that I can't exactly put my finger on as to as to why that is. And I don't think there is a generalization to be made that if you have an iPad, you prefer to play games. No, I, I, but I'm saying that. I see this a lot and mm-hmm. and and I'm not really sure exactly why that is the way that it is uh but it's it's fascinating to me when I think about that and that yeah, I see this a lot on airplanes lots and lots of people and you know you go to these things where you're um you know these events at the school and the parents are there taking pictures of their kids a lot of samsungs a <laughs> lot of samsungs there yeah you know it's 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 a huge percentage my my kids teacher has an iPhone but like at Halloween, you can really see like all the Samsungs come out. Like the guy um, on the plane next to me yesterday was what <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't help but look. He was watching Godfather three on his iPhone, and for some reason, <laughs> that was funny to me. <laughs> on that little like it seems like I, I mean I remember I, I used to watch you know stuff on there, but it, it seemed pretty funny on a you phone. Uh, yeah, could, yeah, I mean, yeah, could on, you on could iPhone. you watch a movie on a phone? Yeah, yeah, I could. I, I could do it. But it's funny, he was kind of juggling. He had a really nice-looking iPad, uh, like a pretty sweet iPad for that he was doing stuff on. It looked like a retina iPad, reading the New York Times on. Yeah. But then at the same time, he was wa- kind of out of the corner of his eye watching Godfather 3, because it was available on the streaming service on the plane. And he was watching God- Godfather 3 on a phone. I was like, oh, man, there's like three things about that that make me sad. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they got Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 also, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, but like the group I went and did this talk with, like it was, they are 100% uh, Windows. Like everybody mm-hmm. had Windows, everything. And, and you know, it's just, it's just weird. It's like when I, when I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I actually do go places sometimes. But in, in my circle, in my bubble, all of my friends, by and large, are used primarily, given the choice, using Apple products. Um, but then if, we, if I go to school, like go to my kid's school, we had her conference, you know, with her teacher yesterday. Halloween, of course, you see a lot of that. My wife's really involved in the PTA, so we end up just at school a lot. And you get, so you get, you know, you get a good survey of what people use. Um, I'm just a huge preponderance of, uh, so I, I would say some iPhones, 
more and more people are using their iPad for things like taking pictures, I've noticed, when they do have an iPad. I think people are getting much more comfortable with that. But out on the streets, uh, this is just, this, this could not be more anecdotal. But just, I, I feel like you, I don't see the tremendous number of Mac laptops and Mac uh, iOS devices, Apple iOS devices that I saw even a few years ago. And that's, that's I mean, that's beyond anecdotal. But um, I guess it used to be for a while I was amazed when I'd see somebody using a Dell because it felt like everybody was using Mac laptops now. Right, right. And I feel like I, I maybe I'm just noticing differently, but I do see, I feel like I see, I still see a lot of those because, I mean, that's what companies use. They They are, you know... Run on Microsoft products. No, they that, really are. They really are, and it's, it's not. A, it's not a criticism. It's just like that's reality. Reality is that at this company, th- this is the exact apps that you use, and like that's it. We're trying to help the principal yesterday. She wanted to change the fonts on her uh, her new um, monitor, and I, I I had no idea where to even begin, <laughs> but I did get a look of what uh, Windows looks like today, and whew, man, it still looks real different to me. No, it's different, and it's not different like better. It's not like you look foreign. At it. I mean, it looks foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, it looks like something that that, and it's not like I'm. A, oh, I don't want to use that. It looks different. It's more like, yeah, that's that's pretty weird. A different mental model for yeah. how you use stuff. Yeah, still. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, you know, the 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 one side. This is total armchair commentator stuff, but you know, three or four years ago, I, I think I suspect that there were people who, there was an interesting Venn diagram of people who had a little bit of extra money to spend over what they would normally spend on a phone, right? The people who had had like flip phones or, you know, Blackberries in the past, you know, certainly the the death and dying of the Blackberry probably contributed a lot to people wanting things like iPhones, I have to guess. Because in what, 2007, could you ever imagine the iPhone would be more popular than the Blackberry? You would sound insane. I know. I know. Up through 2009, you would still sound crazy to say that. And so I think, you know, it certainly helped a lot that people were starting to use those more in business. But, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, as an, as an increasingly old man with other stuff to spend money on, like there's a lot of stuff I'd rather spend money on than getting another dingus. I, I'd love to have the money to do that. But like, I, I can't keep, I can't and don't want to keep up with all the cycles of latest and most current. So and I think that's how it is for a lot of people with kids. It's not very sexy to say. But I think that's I think that's true. I think you end up, you know, most households are probably a little bit like ours, where I'll get a new phone every couple of years. I give the previous one to my wife. Sometimes, like with the 4S, we bought we both bought new ones. But it depends on whose is in contract, like which one you can get the deal on. So, you know, spending six hundred dollars on a phone is a lot of money, especially given what you're already paying to have to have that phone. And with iPads, like everybody I know can put up with a lot oh, yeah. on an iPad, oh, especially yeah. with your with your kids. And because I'm not one of those people who's been spoiled by a Retina iPad, like I can still suffer my amazing uh, iPad Mini. But like I say, you know, I mean, I I, I would like to have fancier stuff, but I also, uh, gosh, I have become much more conservative about how often I change anything. You know, and it's not even like a micro-early production environment thing. It's just more like, well, it kind of is. Like I just, I can't afford for this thing to break just because I'm excited about this new thing that might work. You know, there there was a time when I was much more confident about day zero installations of stuff. And now I really feel like I want to weigh, like given the longevity of how long I want this thing to work and what I think it's capable of, I'm much more circumspect. I'll get apps for my iPhone because that's like a different kind of thing. 
Like if this game doesn't play really well on this old device, I can live with that. But, you know, software upgrades, hardware upgrades, it's, I'm always trying to offset like what could go wrong about it. And it's made me a little more conservative. Yeah, I totally understand the whole production environment thing and how you don't want things to kind of change from what you're used to. And, you know, even with things like Yosemite, uh, you know, a little change like that in a production environment can... Especially in our racket, Dan. I mean, what if suddenly... Things are still so mysterious in audio recording and video stuff. Like, Well, the reason... You remember the reason I had to change microphones was suddenly one day my Rode Podcaster when I plugged it in, caused kernel panics every time. <laughs> and so I troubleshot that for a while, and then it became apparent that the real answer was that every time I plug in my Rode Podcaster, it causes a kernel panic. And that was everything I needed to know about the problem to like have to do something different. So, I mean, in your case, like you know, you've got some pretty crazy banana stuff going on with how everything talks to each other yeah. and drivers. I know. I mean, do you still have like custom drivers for anything or does everything just work out of the box? Uh, pretty much everything. The one exception to that is like the special software that you'll need to do with like, since we're doing some video stuff, there's these black magic drivers and then the, mm-hmm. the Apollo has a couple weird little console things. So it's, but it, it's, it's become less of an issue, but I am still, as much as I want to move up to like Yosemite, even Mavericks, I just feel like it's finally sort of stable and I, I just don't want to change it on any of our production stuff. I, I just don't, mm-hmm. I just don't want to, who knows what will be different. And even though, uh, an app that you get will, will say, Oh, ready for Yosemite. I'm still like, eh, but are you ready for Yosemite with these drivers and these applications? And mm, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, especially at a <clears throat> when a given revision relies so heavily, and this is not a bad thing. Like, if you're all way up to date on all of your hardware, there's a lot of interesting features that you'll get with with this new operating system. But like I said, for me, I mean, what being able to answer my phone on my computer, you know, I can live without that, knowing that this is stable and working the way it is. The Mavericks yeah. on this laptop is working fine, and I'm just gonna stick with that. And also, I mean, it's just there's so many myriad boring things. Like, I don't have a lot of extra space on that uh, device. So, you know, and I, if, you know, even then, if I have to like restore it because something went wrong in the installation, I mean, even just losing a half day on something like that makes me fretful. You know what I mean? No. And that's the thing is you will lose time on it and you don't know, uh, you don't know what exactly the consequences of it will be. Like I got a letter, an actual physical letter in an envelope Hmm. Uh, they still, they still have those. They do from my car company telling me that there is a firmware update available for my car, and then I need to schedule an appointment <laughs> to bring it in. And you got that in the letter. In the letter, in the letter, you need to you need to uh, call us and make uh, an appointment because not, not not an OTA update type situation. No, no, not at all. But it just <laughs> it makes you think. And this whole thing with what you talk about OTA stuff, you know, I've got a Nexus Seven, the the latest Nexus Seven that I I got. Uh, you know, in, I guess it was 2013 or early 2014, I forget, uh, that the the last Nexus 7 that apparently that they, that they made. And it still has not received the Android 5.0 lollipop update. Why? Who knows? And now I'll get all the email and the tweets from people that say, well, you can force it to get an update by going into this thing with Google services. And yeah, I did all that. Uh, but yo, then there's the other people who are like, oh, you could just flash it. Cool. People just flash it. You know what? I just want it to update the normal way. I don't want to spend hours getting a dev kit and installing it and doing the thing. 
I just want to hit the thing that says check for update and then there it is, you know? And I got a message. Yeah, I'm, I'm rarely persuaded these days. Well, first of all, thank you to anybody who wants to share that. Thank you so much. There, there is a way you can do almost anything. Really, you can do almost anything uh, if everything lines up right. It's just more often like, is that really something where I'm into the stage of this can be done? Right? Do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can fix my own plumbing. But you know what? That's there's probably a better way. I would rather have somebody else fix my plumbing for me. You you know, just because you can do all of those things does not make me any less reluctant. Especially the fact that it's now presented as a can thing rather than a thing that, oh no, that's just an easy thing that happens automatically. Yeah. Like that's all the more reason. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go, you know, uh build my own stuff from source. Like that's that seems like a good use of my time. Um, did you have another thing you want to tell me about? Last thing. Tell you about Verona State. We still anywhere. got a topic. We still got another hour. No, no, we, we got, still got more got topics to talk about. Locked in. We're going to break the record on this one. Verona State Anywhere is the fastest way to make your company's own network shares work just like Dropbox. So basically, you have an office, large or small. You have people who are in the office. People are out of the office. And you don't want to take all of this data. And, you know, we have a tiny, tiny little office, but we work with a couple like freelancers and uh, freelance designer and things like that. And even me, I'm like, man... Do I really want to be moving all this stuff with the intention of sharing it into Dropbox and then dealing with shared folders between different accounts or moving to a business account? Imagine that at a larger scale. Imagine it with 15 people or 25 people or even more. You've got this infrastructure that's already there. Why not just use it? And that's what Verona, Verona's Data Anywhere lets you do. You can monitor and control access to the files. You keep the existing permissions. You keep your data on your existing servers or your NAS, whatever you've got. It syncs with Windows, Mac OS X, iOS, Android, and it installs in like 30 minutes. And this is a way to say, you know what? I like what Dropbox and those kinds of services do, but I want to use my own stuff. I want to control it. I don't want my stuff in the mysterious cloud, right? That's what they let you do. And uh, what they've done is they've set up a way for you to go try out data anywhere for 30 days with an unlimited amount of users. And as a special bonus for Back to Work listeners, uh, if you go to veronas.com slash back to work, you'll get five users free forever. So go check this out. And uh, it's solving a, a real problem that I think a lot of folks uh, work in, in, uh, in, in small and medium and even large companies have. So uh, thank you very much to Veronas for supporting 5 by 5 and, and Back to Work, veronas.com slash back to work. Go check them Thank out. Thank you. Bok, bok. Thank you. Do you think we'll have time for this topic? Because should I just sure. drop the I'm, topic? I'm just, I mean, what I'm doing, Dan, is I've gone into Amazon.com. I'm adding an Apple iPad Air 2 model H, uh, MH312LL slash A, 128 gig Wi-Fi plus cellular space gray. Newest version. I love when they do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm adding that to my wish list. No, so I already drop, have anybody something. Wants to, anybody wants to drop 900 bucks on an iPad, I'll take it. No, wait, wait, I wanted to get it engraved for you. Yeah, what would it say on the back, Dan? I don't want to say. I've been talking in the chat room about what it could say, but I don't want to... Hakuna Matata? No. <laughs> Nothing about lice. So anyway, there's that. I, I got a couple really nice uh, birthday gifts from my wish list. Yeah. Really nice. JXPX1138, one of the nicest people ever. He sent me, sent me a wonderful wonderful gift. Get he, sent me a, he sent me a, a War Doctor figure. Yeah, you know, John Hurt from the Doctor Who. Oh, no, I, I'm not following it. Oh, you got to watch Day of the Doctor. You gotta watch Day of the Doctor, Dan. It's really good. I will. I will get into it. From that. last Thanksgiving, uh, you got it on the Google. Cover up your Minesweeper. Wow, we got some good titles. All right. Anyway, we're back. Uh, we're enter entering uh, hour six. I'll drop the. Uh, I'll drop the topic, up on the and we can board. we can do it next time. We'll do it. No, next no, week. no, 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 no. Give me the 
topic. I'm here. Well, just, I'm no, clear, I get wanna, used to it. I want to hold it back. Hold nothing back. No, I'm going to hold it back. We still got a lot of stuff to talk about. We uh, we got uh, you got your topic that you mentioned in the in the text. No, because I really want to dive into it. I really we got follow up. We got lots of follow up. Maybe could we talk? You want to talk about email follow up? That we we got a lot of nice responses from people about the working together office issues. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that that felt like kind of a throwaway topic, but people seem really into it. We got that. You, you you want to go? Do you have to pee? Don't you? No, I don't. Went went right before the show. If if I don't go, there's a there's a window where anytime from. Uh, about 20 minutes to 10 minutes before the show, yes. the lady who cleans the bathrooms will go mm. and start cleaning it. But there's no rhyme or she reason. She said like right in the morning like that? I don't know why. It's a weird, but she'll she'll do that. And so, you know, you usually think, well, this could be a long show. show could go two hours. The show could go three hours. So you want to go and release whatever's been building up. <laughs> oh, wow. And when you put it that way. Yeah. So, so yes. you, I think, okay, you know what? I'll go, it's it's 15 minutes beforehand, I'll go now, and that she'll be in there. And I'll say, okay, well, obviously that she goes at, at quarter till, this is when she starts cleaning it. So, you know what, I'll go at five till. She's in there just getting started. And then I'll say, fine, that's too much of a risk. I'll have to go a half an hour. I think she's, she's potty trolling you. Yeah. So I, I think she listens. And uh, anyway, I th- so it's, I've got to now go half an hour before, but then you risk like, well, then I can't drink anything during the show because a five, six hour show. You, I mean, can't you just go multiple times? I mean, here's the thing. But not okay. enough has been produced in the 15 minutes because oh, I want to start. See. So now you're pushing it forward. You're doing a rollover right. in hour one of the podcast. Yes. Ugh. Like, you know that thing, like if you want to wake up early in the morning and you yes. don't trust that you'll do the alarm, you drink like three glasses of water before you go three to bed. Glasses. Yes. Yes. That'll wake me up uh, three times before I get up in the morning. Right. Um, oh, gosh. I, I think I might have told you this. One of my early Mac experiences. You know what? This is boring. But it's an anecdote. I... um. One of my very first Mac experiences, I to make some dough, I was typing up my friend's, uh, I think, biology paper. And it was pages and pages of legal pad, you know. And I, I was probably three quarters of the way done. Boy, did I learn this lesson. You, you know, you can see where this is going. I'm three quarters of the way done typing up this science paper for this guy. I didn't understand a word of it. And I thought, oh, let me see how much money I've made. And I knew enough to know how to select all and do like a word count. But I accidentally hit backspace. And guess what command on the Mac I had not learned yet? What? Command Z. Oh my gosh. So I deleted, I had not saved yet. I had an open file, an untitled window. I had not saved. Like two, two or so hours of work just gone. I started, and then of course I got flustered and started, this is before multiple undo. Again, I didn't even know, und, I knew how to undo. <laughs> it probably occurred to me maybe five or six other things in save as. It was all gone, gone. Oh my gosh. And then somebody told me something that still to this day, uh, I still think about this, even though I don't need to as much because of the devices. But the the advice I got when I was in college that I that stayed with me through the Mac era was to save every paragraph and every time you think of it. Does I think that make sense? Excellent advice. Every paragraph and every time you think of it, and I think that's kind of how often you should go to the bathroom. Every paragraph and every time you think of it. But you're saying you want a good buildup. You want something in there. Well, it's you not want, so much I want it in there as much as I want to get as close as possible to you know to showtime. It's a rally, not a race. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pace yourself. That's probably yourself. smart. You got to pace yourself. What I do is I, I wait to pee until I've actually got the person literally on Skype. Like with Roderick on the line, I wait until John is there and I say, <laughs> okay, give me a minute. And that's, that's the only chance I have when All I still right. got to bust a bottle sometimes. Ugh. Bust you know? a bottle? No. That, that would be gross, right? Ugh. Okay, let's button this up. Let's do it. <laughs> I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 